Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. That'll be a suspension. That'll be a fine. Alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Welcome into Raw Knuckles Podcast. Dennis, how are you, pal? Um, awesome, awesome uh, week in the NHL. A lot happening. Um, but we'll start with the Habs. Yeah, I got to tell you, I am. And I didn't pick this team to make the playoffs like most people. Yeah, but like me. Yeah. Boy, I am way. I they're way ahead of where I thought they would be with all these young guys. Just the 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 hockey they've been playing. It's it's impressive for all the young guys they have. Yeah, top line's been great. Nick is. Uh, I, I keep saying Nick's a great two C in this league. He may be a one C. I mean, he he's been that good for this team. Cole just scores goals. Kirby Doc's been a great trade. Even a kid like Sean Monahan, all the moves they've made have worked out so far. And if you're a Habs fan, embrace it, enjoy it. Um, they're going to get a nice test on Tuesday night though against the Devils because they're probably other than Vegas, probably the best team in the league right now, and, and Boston too as well. Uh, but yeah, enjoy it, enjoy the ride. But nuts, you got to be able to score in this league. It's not a three-two league anymore. Like you got to yeah. get four to five goals a night. Uh, they played great offensively against uh, the Penguins. They seem to find out, no matter how good the Penguins are, they seem to find a way to beat Pittsburgh and Montreal. So it was a great week, three wins, different types of wins. Jake Allen was great in Detroit, won him in the shootout. Uh, Vancouver, you know, we might talk about the first coach to get fired, a mess, but uh, just stack wins. That's all you need to do. I don't think they're a playoff team either, but if you're not enjoying the moment right now for this team because they're a fun team to watch, they're entertaining now. They're entertaining. And that, even when they lose, they're entertaining. But the games this week, they've scored goals, and it's been really exciting for this team. So uh, you mentioned last week, but Kirby Doc going to the wing. A lot of people, <laughs> I, I can't believe the amount of people that are writing this kid off and wrote him off just because mm-hmm. of that time in Chicago. They, yeah. You know, he was injured. He struggled a bit. He's playing center, which certainly uh, is not an easy position to learn at this level yeah. and he gets put on the wing and boy, with the, the, he has done nothing but impress me since he's been, there. I don't know how they're going to wrote, wrote this kid off. Well, all the great players and juniors play center. Like you go yeah. back and I look at here in Los Angeles, I look at a kid like Tyler Toffoli. Tyler played center in the juniors. And now today in a good comparable, although he may not score at the level of Gabe Velarde, Gabe Velarde was the center in juniors at Kingston. And when I watched him play the first two seasons, I'm like, he's not fast enough. He can't play a pace. He's not He's not a great pet passer. He's not a great – he just doesn't play. And it's easy to move from center to wing. And that's what you see with Kirby Doc. It's, there's, not, there's a far less responsibility. You don't have to worry about taking face-offs. He's big. He's mobile. He can move. This, you know, the game-winning goal with Hoffman, like, he's fast. He can skate. Yeah. So it just didn't work in Chicago. And maybe it's also probably a wake-up call for him because it's not always – the team's fault, or they put you in a position where you weren't going to win. Sometimes you have to deliver. He didn't deliver. There was a stretch there, and I mentioned this last week, that um, in his, I think it was the second, oh, that was the rookie season, second half of the rookie season, it really worked. Right? He, he was bad the first half. There was um, COVID hit. There was a pause. He came back. He was great down the stretch. He was great against Edmonton in the playoffs, and then he disappeared. He, he, literally, he earned his way out of Chicago. 
But to the Habs benefit, the kid came back and he's still young. And that's why you can't write off these kids right away. I know the expectations are really high. He was, what, a third overall pick? So when you're a third overall pick, and we're going through that here with Los Angeles' Quentin Byfield, who hasn't produced yet. And you get a Tim, like, Tim Stutzla and Lucas Raymond, they're producing, and we're still waiting on um, uh, on Quentin. But it's a lesson learned that you, you need to have these kids play 150, 200 games and say, okay, this guy's a boss or he's not a center, but on the wing, more comfortable. And, again, I keep going back to having a player's coach in Martin St. Louis who believes in these players and gives them the opportunities to fail – and if he just has a two or three game bad stretch, you don't get benched. You don't wind up in the press box. So it's just a, a nice combination of things. Uh, but it is only, you know, it's only a month into the season, but so far so good with respect to Kirby Duck, because without question, more so on the assist style than goals, but he's been great for this team. He fits in, on the, in, in with respect to uh, this style of play. So uh, flipping over to defense, uh, Matheson, when he's healthy, not sure just yet when he's coming back, but – when he bounces back in the lineup, who do you think comes out? Kovacevic, probably? Yeah, I would say Kovacevic, yeah, exactly. You, but that would be an upgrade for this team. And if they could do that, because, again, they're going to give up goals. They're not going to be the great, greatest defensive teams. They're going to win games 5-4 and 4-3. They're not going to win games 3 They're not going to – it's not a shutdown team here. No, so there's no don't, – don't, let's not fool ourselves. They're playing well. But that would be the type of player who himself isn't a shutdown player – but it's just no a better all-around defender than Colby Savage. So I think that would be the odd man out. But they might spell him. We'll see. You know, it, it's, it should be a meritocracy. I think at this point, Marty's so secure that he doesn't have to worry about a guy making that money to saying, okay, I got to play him. I got to play him if he's one of the top six. And I believe he's one of the top six. So, yeah, I think that would be the guy to spell out um, uh, when Methodson's healthy. Now, um, Caden Gooley, and we talked about him. Yes. I just cannot believe the poise – this kid has for 21 years old. Yeah. He's going to be number one D here yeah. one day, right? He's going to be the anchor. He's the man. Uh, I mean, here he is, uh, 20 years old, and he's And that's the like thing when you scout players event. and you talk to them, and you don't have the opportunity the last couple of years to talk to players. Like, it's their maturity. It's how they handle themselves. Like, the, And I see it, the comparable, I have another same type of player, but Mikey Anderson here in Los Angeles. The moment's not too big for Gooley. And, and, and Mikey's been a mature kid, and granted, he went to college – Played, I think, three years um, in Minnesota Luth. Uh, but he never seems overwhelmed in the moment. So that goes to A, the player, and to B, the development um, that, this, that that the organization does, where these kids are always going to make mistakes, but it, he doesn't look overwhelmed. It doesn't look like, oh, the stage is too big and he's too wide-eyed. And this is, you know, I'm going up against Malkin and Crosby and, you know, and and, and the, the great players there, and Patterson. The, the moment's not too big for Caden Gooley, which is great to see, and I agree with you. He's a top-pair defenseman on his team, and his ceiling is still to be determined. Right? It's, just, it's just great to see that these players come in with the maturity level that they can handle 22 minutes a night against the best players in the league and perform at this level. I got to tell you, I was watching the game the other night, and uh, I was smiling outwardly and inside. When Abba Jackai is on the second PP unit, I just – yeah, I mean, talk about a coach like appreciating a player and then giving this yeah. opportunity so young, like to you know, everybody knows about the fight, right? And how tough he is, but oh, yeah. he's out there on the second PP. That is awesome. It's awesome. That's a great message that Marty's sending to the room. Like I mentioned, the word meritocracy. Yeah. If you play and you play well, you're going to get rewarded. And he's not afraid of experimenting with a player like Jack. I'm putting him on the power play because you wouldn't think that would be the second power play. Now, granted. 
sometimes you only get 30 seconds of power play time when you're on the second unit. But why not? Why not get – I see it here in Los Angeles. Again, I keep drawing parallels to the Kings because the Kings are a little ahead of the, uh, where the Habs are. But a guy like Matt Roy, who's a stay-at-home defenseman, is now getting you know play on the second unit. They've told him you got to be more aggressive offensively. And he's done that. He scored three goals this year. So with Jack, why not see how it works? Experiment for three or four games. It's not a situation where, you know, sometimes coaches are really reactive. They try something. And, look, they're always changing lines, changing combos. But you, you have to give a player a run, a bit of a run here. So give him three or four games. If it works and he produces or he doesn't make mistakes back there, more importantly, where you're giving up short-handed chances, then why not? Like, you never know how players are going to develop once they get to the big time. And so, again, it, kudos to Marty Sandlowy. It's just his methods and how he goes about his business because he was a great player. And, Nux, usually the great players aren't great coaches, but this guy is has become a, an excellent coach because there's a level of trust, a level of respect. When he walks in the room, the players know who he is. Um, he doesn't have to prove himself. So it's just been a really and, – and, Nux, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it coming. I thought this was an interim move. I thought it was an organizational spy that would go in the room and say, okay, this guy should stay, that guy should stay. But it's really worked very, very well. And to see these kids get chances and respond to his coaching has been, an, for me, an unexpected yeah, move. Yeah, for sure. Have. And I, I, I tell you, I'm so happy watching them. And I'm I'm sure the fan base is um, they're a fun team to watch. And listen, I just hope by Thanksgiving mm-hmm. they're in a playoff spot because I want to yeah. see – if that right, will right. ring true, that the Habs, uh, right, right, American Thanksgiving. Anyway, we'll see if that rings yeah. true. Before we go around the league, I want to bounce around and uh, talk about some of the stuff that happened in the NHL. And uh, I, I get, well, I, I want to end with um, yeah. uh, Mr. Salming, Boya Salming, uh, incredible guy. But uh, first coach to go, uh, who do you think so? He just, uh, the team is... Look, yeah. it's not a good defensive team. I saw him. In, I, I saw him live in Toronto. They blew a two goal, and they're blowing leads too. So they're not. They're they're, they're shrinking yeah, in the moment. Right? Now some teams, they they grasp the moment and they find ways to close out games. They can't find ways to close out games. And you watch when you watch the Habs game and you watch the mistakes like Tyler Myers make they, they, and J T Miller throwing the puck down the middle. Like that's not Bruce Boudreau's yeah. fault, but at some point in yeah. time, the, the problem with Bruce is. The way he got the job is that the team stunk under Travis Green to start, and now they stink under Bruce to start. And I love that they, yeah. they took off though. With they Bruce, did. Oh right? yeah, last year though they. I mean, they were like they couldn't the lose only, a game. It, yeah. they win like ten yeah, straight? Yeah, they did. No, they played great, but they're not playing great. Here's the one issue: way what which might save Bruce's job. They're paying Travis Green. They're paying Bruce Boudreaux. You want to pay a third? I, I don't think ownership wants to pay a third coach. Now, maybe they move one of the assistants uh-huh. over and, and replace Bruce, but this, this team is not good. And it doesn't help that Jimmy Rutherford didn't really give him a vote of confidence when he went on Vancouver Radio last year, uh, last week. So that's the uh-huh. other challenge. So the team is not playing one. And Bruce is not the greatest defensive coach. That's number one. Number two, his teams usually perform in the regular season, not in the offseason. And there's a lot of pressure in that market. The fans are, are upset. The, the team's not playing well, but it's a bad defense. When you look at their defense, I don't think Quinn uses 100%. But Tyler Myers, some of these other guys, it's just it's just a bad combination of players who will take the axe. Now, they may wait, but uh, – and, again, I think that the fact that they're paying Travis Green factors in, but this team is not performing for Bruce. And it's unfortunate to see because, you know, Bruce is a lifer, a hockey lifer. He's a great guy. And they did perform for him. So it's not like the players don't like him. 
right? So it, it's at some point there's consequences for bad play with the expectations because they played so well down the stretch and just missed the playoffs that they were a playoff team this year. I'm not sure what that defense that they were. And not for nothing, the goalie hasn't been great either. Demko has not been good. Last year, he was really good, 925 save percentage. This year, he's been a little worse than average. So all that adds up to a poor start from Vancouver. So I think that's put boots on the hot seat. All right, so he's number one. Who's two and three? Um, maybe someone in Ottawa or um, St. Louis? No, because I didn't believe – well, no, because Dougie Armstrong said that Barubi's safe, and they've just been – the players have been terrible. And it's not Bruce – and Barubi's won a cup there. DJ Smith, I don't think so, because my expectations – and I don't know what they were privately for Ottawa with respect to the organization. I didn't think they were a playoff team. And now uh, Shabbat's hurt. Um, they haven't gotten great goaltending. Yeah. Right, Talbot got hurt. Coming back, he's okay. My expectations were if they got to 80 points, if they were a 500 team, fine. The other team would be Columbus, but now Wierenski's gone for the season, so yeah, maybe you're. Play- so, and I believe they believe in Brad Larson. So, I, I'm not. I, 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 you could be because Columbus has been bad, but they they were never really a great a defensive team, and the goaltending was below par. So I think that it's Bruce. I, I don't think those other cities. While you look at the teams at the bottom of the standings. I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement with coaches, to be honest with you, because those teams are developing. And not for nothing, if you're Columbus, maybe you're hoping you're bad this year because next year it could be Johnny Goudreau, Connor Bedard, and Patrick Kalani, who he, now he's hurt as well. He'll be out two to three weeks. So I, I don't think there's going to be a rush to firing these coaches. I, I think the general managers have to say, okay, my team really wasn't that good to start with, so I'm not going to really put the, put the coach under the bus. All right, we'll see what happens there. All right, uh, Eichel, he goes back to Buffalo, rips it up, and then sticks the fork in their eye. Like, unbelievable, right? If he's Look, first of all, first and foremost, he's healthy. And for other players that get that type of injury with their next, to do that surgery, which was experimental, well, it's, not, it's no experiment no more. You watch Jack play, he's a 20-minute-a-night dominant player who's fast, who's got moves. He's a complete player, and, and that's why – I said, you know, if you're an organization, you should really – I know you want to be in Vegas, but there are probably three or four other teams regretting they didn't trade for Jack Eichel right now. And granted, Tuck's been really good. Um, Peyton Krebs really isn't a player. That's the second player they got for him. And this Austin kid they draft might be the key to, to winning that trade for Buffalo. But this is a legit player who now – and look, I get it. He got paid early. He didn't earn it. The, 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 the owners loved him, so they gave him the money when he probably didn't deserve it. But now he's gone to Vegas with a veteran team, and he's fit right in. Um, when he's this healthy, he's this good. He's a dominant player, and he's fast. And all the things that you know about Jack, remember that one year, they, they, they were close to the playoffs they missed, and he was just a dominant player for them. He won games for them every night. That's the Jack Echo we see again. It's not a surprise to me. I just said if he could get healthy, there's no reason why he can't get back to the level that he once was uh, in his early days in Buffalo. All right, uh, the Bruins, uh, signing Mitch Miller. Man, what a debacle that turned out being for them. Uh, how can you make a mistake like that? Look, it, listen, it, it, I get given second chances. What this kid did wasn't a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. And how do you justify bringing a kid in who made the apology on Snapchat and then you don't mm-hmm. even – the management didn't even talk to uh, Isaiah or his yeah. mother – yeah. before they were going to sign this kid. They didn't give that family that respect. So I'm kind of interested, too, in what was the new information all of a sudden? They said they did their due diligence. I just – what a mess they created. Yeah, 
and then um, the agent came out um, and made a statement as well. He, he wasn't, look, I believe in second chances as well. But this player has not done enough to earn the second chance. It's not just, okay, no. you screwed up, you get a second chance automatically. No, what have you done to make amends? I just don't think he's done enough. And if, if he had done enough, like I never, I'm not saying he should never play in the league, but you have to be contrite. You have to do more. You have to be authentic about the apology and how you go about things and talking. And I just don't think it was, I think it was arrogance on the Bruins standpoint and not for nothing. This kid through, went through this with Arizona. So it's not like, Oh, we didn't know anything about this. This was fully yeah. out in the open. Everybody knew what this player history was and they chose to, to, to sign him. I, I don't get it. Now the league said they didn't know and they were blindsided, but if you signed them and so you sent the, the contract to central registry, you knew you about know. it. Right. So I, yeah. I, so I know, look, maybe Gary got blindsided in Finland it's really not an NHL issue. A player could be signed by any team. Um, I believe that he wasn't consulted by the Bruins. Um, uh, and it's just a mess. But I don't think at this point in time, he's earned the second chance. Now, a year, 18 months, two, two years from now, maybe he gets that second chance. And he always going to have this stain on his, on his life. Then maybe you give him the second chance. But not at this point. Uh, he's not done enough to get a second chance. So it's an, it's an organizational failure by the Bruins. It's tone deaf. And I think the worst part of it, Nuts, is that the players came out and said, I thought yeah. this was an organization, like Bergeron said, I thought this was an organization that wants to help people and make the world better. And yeah. this is not how to do it. To me, that was the most damning thing. When you get guys in the room, and this kid may never play in the NHL. You know, this is just a prospect. And for guys to, to, to be that, that much gravity to say, this is not – this should not happen and we're not happy about it. That to me, that was the most damning thing about it is that the reaction by the players, the big time players on the Bruins saying this is not, this should not happen. Yeah. And, and listen, Don Sweeney made Bill Daly uh, uh, know that they were going to sign him. He phoned him in Finland. Mm -hmm. Sweeney called him. I don't know how Daly cannot, or did not tell Bettman that this was going to happen. He gave him a heads up, Don Sweeney. He called called Bill Daly, and then B Bettman comes out and says, "Oh, we didn't know. I I just the Bruins should have stayed uh, away. I, I'm not putting thing now, people want to just bang and, on the league and uh, just in general. We'll see what like, happens. The Bruins should have stayed away. They never should have. No, I'm just people. Are you people saying I want to bang oh, on the, the league's fault? No, no, no. No, the Bruins are <laughs> the, the Bruins are tone no. deaf here, and they never should have even no, considered this player at this point. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go around yeah. the league here. Metropolitan Jersey up top, right? Uh, 12 and three. To me, th this is the biggest surprise. Yeah. And we talked about last week, the fire Lindy, blah, blah, blah. I, I, no, now the fans are chanting, we're sorry. I did not expect Lindy. this from Jersey. that the last game on Saturday. They should be sorry. They've won nine of 10. <laughs> They're what, 12 and three. Uh, they have been fantastic. A, a huge pup. I know people, some people don't like analytics. But when you look at the analytics on this team, they, they are monsters when it comes to puck possession. They have been fantastic. And Vitek oh, Vanacek has been great in goal. Yeah. And Mackenzie Blackwood was supposed to be the guy coming back. Then he gets hurt again. Vanacek's been fantastic for this kid, uh, for this team. Now, that's uh, Akira Schmidt played on Saturday. They're clicking on all cylinders, a plus 17 goal differential. But when you have two number one overall picks as your centers in Heischer and Jack Hughes, at some point in time, you got to stand up. Jesper Bratt, he's going to get paid. He's on that money trail right now. He, you know, he's on that one-year deal with son, and Tom Fitzgerald's probably having to up his offer every week when this kid's playing well. 
He's played very well. Dougie Hampton is is the guy that they thought they signed for five nine million dollars a year. This has been a complete team effort by this team. They're exciting to watch. They're young. They're exciting. Maybe need a little bit more help on defense when they get to closer to the playoffs. But um, this team is. And then one thing, fire Lindy. This team is well coached. You don't fire a team that's this well coached. Nux. They have been really really good. I think yeah. the biggest surprise, not just the record, I think is is Vanacek stepping in. And being the guy right now, he's been really, really good for them. But it's uh, it's great to see. And I actually interviewed with uh, Tom uh, Fitzgerald with um, Steve Coolers on SiriusXM last week. And I asked him about, you know, the chance. He said, look, you know, they've won three cups here. The fans are very demanding. I'm sorry. You don't – when the goaltending is bad, and it was bad in the first two games, you don't fire the coach two games in. This guy's been a lifer. I get it. People say retread. Now, not really seeing he's a retread anymore when the team is, you know, this good right now. So it's been a great start for this team. Um, and But, yes, the biggest surprise in this league. I mean, because, look, the Bruins, they have talent. They have big names. Like The Devils have not done. They've been a bad team for two to three years right now. And then finally, the patience. And that's the thing with fans. You have to be more patient. The patience they've shown has come to fruition, and they're leading the Metro right now. And they look like a really good team. All right. All uh... right. I guess the Islanders in the second spot there, not so much surprised me, but is this more the team that we saw go to the conference final there and lose in game seven? It's closer to that team. Do I think it's that team? It depends on their wingers now. Because I know that they're going to get played from Barzil, who hasn't scored a lot of goals, Brock Nelson, who's great, and uh, Pajot. The question with this team is the Wallstroms, the Beauvilliers, the uh, Palmieri's, and the Parisis, are they going to score on the wing? If they get scoring from their wing, they're going to be a dangerous team. They still have Sorokin. They don't give up a lot of goals. It, it's it's certainly closer to that team than the team last season because of the start, the building, COVID, everything. It was a perfect storm for this team. I said this is one of the teams that was going to be back in the playoffs this year because you asked, like, who's going to fall out? You know, some people thought that Boston was going to fall out. Probably not going to. Maybe Washington, they're really banged up. But the Islanders, the one team that I liked in the East that was going to get back. So this is what we saw a couple of years ago. I don't think they're at the level now. Granted, they won eight out of ten. They look really good. Don't think they're there yet. But again, when you have that goaltender, you have that solid decor. I love Pelk and Pulak. They've been great. The question is, are they going to score enough goals? So far this season, they have, and that's why they're winning games. All right. Uh, who's the underachiever in that division? You think? Uh, the Penguins, because they keep losing games. But I will tell you, the other team, even though they won last night, has not been impressive, are the Rangers. The Rangers got outshot like 20 to 4. And I know they wound up beating Arizona. They need to be way better. And the problem with the Rangers is they have that star players like uh, Breadman, like Kreider, like Zibanejad. But the question of the depth are Trocek and the guys that, you know, replaced the guys like Kopp and Strom that left. Are they going to be good enough? To me, uh, they, they've been saved by Shostorkin, who has been okay. He's not been the Vesna winner. I would say if I had to rank it, Pitt, Pittsburgh, the way they're playing right now, is the most disappointing because I didn't believe the Capitals were going to be a playoff team. Um, and then the Rangers. I think the Rangers have to be way better. They should be way better through 17 games and just a plus-four goal differential. They haven't been there, and that's the challenge with this team, that they have enough depth offensively. Um, to, to win games and score goals. To me, they should be better than eight, six, and three. And I didn't really, even though they won last night, I didn't like the way they played. 
All right. Uh, the Atlantic, uh, Boston, obviously on top. Gold differential, uh, plus 30. <laughs> Incredible. Um, listen, Toronto in the second spot, but I just, they're not, I don't know. That's, they're just, to me, they're not doing anything for me, Toronto. No. And now they got the word this morning that uh, Jake Muzzin was seen by a specialist. He's got cervical spine issues. They're going to re-examine him in February, but I doubt he's going to play this season. They're just not good enough defensively. They, they aren't. And again, they're not unlike the Rangers. They have, look, I love Austin Matthews. Tavares has played really well this year. William Nylander is probably going to be underrated because of the big stars there. Marner has been okay. Just the middle of that line. And get you guys like, uh, you know, Dennis Malgin and Pierre Engvall. Engvall. It's just, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's, it's a, it's a top heavy team that, you know, I don't think they're going to win the division. They'll be in the top three. They're not a dangerous team to me. And the goaltending, like what's going to happen with the goaltending? Is Samson oh. going to be healthy? It just, uh, it's, it's a team that is going to, there's going to be a lot of pressure. They are playing better at home and lucky for them because if they weren't playing good at home, the fans would be riding them out of Toronto on a rail. It's a good enough team. They're probably a hundred point team because of their star potential. But again, do I think they're going to, I don't even know if they're going to win around right now. They play Tampa Bay in the first round. Now it's very, very early. Would they, would you pick Toronto to be Tampa Bay? And Tampa Bay is not playing great either, Knox. But yeah, Toronto to me is not it's not a championship team. I don't think they're a threat to win the cup. So say they get bounced the first just it's a long mm-hmm. way off. Does yeah. the GM go and then they try and do this thing? Uh, yeah, you have off. to. Because yeah. he's, he's he's so analytics driven. He has yeah. his coach that he wanted, right? Yeah. And then they out in the distance, like, all right, so if they keep not doing this in the playoffs, what's gonna happen with Austin Matthews? Now, granted, by the time Austin becomes a, is eligible for the next contract. The salary cap's going to go up. You could probably pay him $15 million a year for five years because I don't think he's on long, long-term there. Um, yeah, I, I, Dubas has had enough time to get this team to uh, for a, a deep playoff run, and he hasn't done it. So if it happens again, like uh, you, you keep getting the same outcome by doing the same thing. So at some point in time, you got to change. You could change the coach. And I'm not a big fan of I don't like the system they run there in, in Toronto. I think there's a lot of challenges and issues, but it will be up to Shanny, but I don't know if they don't win the first round or win a round, Nux. What's Dubas done to deserve to keep going there? Like, where's the, uh, the trail to championship or to winning a cup for the first time since 67? It doesn't look like he can assemble a team that, uh, that is playoff tested or can even win a round in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think he's in trouble if they don't win a round. It looked like there was some improvement in Buffalo, but eh, they're just they're... – down the bottom again. Uh, we talked tabs. Detroit. Um, are no. they ahead of themselves or right where they should be? Um, they're not a very good defensive team. So I, I think that Detroit. And some people are saying they were a sleeper because they signed all these free agents. David Perron. You know the Blues miss David Perron, right? And yeah. So that that's one of the reasons the Blues are, are are tanking right now. Detroit's a good team. And look, they have to sign Bertuzzi. They have to sign Larkin. They're both unrestricted at the end of the season. So that's it. So I think they're. Right about where they should be. They're what one game under seven, five, and three. That's what I expected because not a big fan of Nadelkovich. I think he was he was shielded by a great team and a great defensive team in, in, in Carolina. The defense I don't really like that much. Um, I love their offense. Love Lucas Raymond. I think he's going to be a big star. So it, it's going to take a while. But if you trust Stevie Eiserman, like to make keep adding and making additions, I like Andrew Cop there. Uh, but I, again, I don't think they're a playoff team. But I certainly think they're a better team than last season. All right, the Central, Winnipeg up top. Um, are they 
uh, let's say, can they keep this pace up, Winnipeg? They, honestly, they surprised me. I thought they were going to have some issues. It seems like they're playing above uh, their head right now. Well, they've only given up 33 goals in 14 games. If Connor Hellebuck is going to be a Vesna-level Connor Hellebuck like he was a couple seasons ago, they can stay in the conversation. Because I don't think that like Colorado, yeah, they're 8-4-1. They're going to be good. I don't think they care about winning the division. I think that they, they got to take a page out of Tampa Bay's book now saying, okay, let's just get to the – it doesn't matter who we play, when we play. Uh, it's a great start for Winnipeg. I didn't expect it because I thought they were a 500 team. But if they're going to get goaltending like that from uh, Connor Hellbuck and to a lesser extent David Ridge, they're going to be in the conversation. They could be I, – I think they're a wild card team at the end of the day because I like Colorado. I like Dallas. Um, so I think that, you know, they could be a third-place team in that division. Because you look at Minnesota, eh, they're not really good. Yeah. Nashville has fallen on a hard time. St. Louis, maybe they rally. They've won two straight. Uh, but it's a nice story. It's, it's, here's the thing. It's a nice start for Winnipeg at 9-4. Nine, nine it's a good start. I'm not sure they're a good team yet. So let's let's see where they are at the 30-game mark. Nuts. All right. Your neighborhood, the Pacific, obviously Vegas ripping it up. Mm-hmm. But L.A. in Seattle. Come yeah. on. L.A. surprised me. And Seattle surprised me. Well, L.A. starting to get – they had bad defense and goaltending to start the season. Uh, but they came home. They won four straight. Jonathan Quick is – his save percentage is now over 900, which is good to see. So he's been the guy. Cal Peterson, I'm not sure. Even though he won Saturday night against uh, Detroit, he's still not a confident goaltender. Seattle is absolutely surprised. But, look, they're never going to give up a lot defensively. But they, they, they've gotten better offensive players. You know, Bjorkstrand's been really good. Burkowski coming over from Colorado, who they'll probably miss come playoff time, has been really good. Kind of being back on that team after being injured last season, he, he's a difference maker for that team. So this is a team that's going to be competitive, play you hard, play you tough. Do I think they're a top three team in the division? I don't think so. Um, but LA, LA's a, a different type of team this year. They score more goals. That was the one challenge with the LA Kings is like, okay, they just don't have enough offense. But adding Kevin Fiala, who I love, who I thought was a great acquisition at the time, he's a point-of-game player for this team. He's really galvanized the defense. He's made them a deeper offensive team. So am I surprised with 10-6-1? I don't. Um, do I think they're going to challenge for the division? Well, if you're telling me that Vegas is going to play 800-level hockey, then then Vegas is going to win the division by, you know, 15 points. I don't see no. that happening. I think they'll come back down to earth. They're a little older of a team. They might get banged up. But if Agda's going to play this way and they're going to get this goaltending from Thompson – um, they're going to contend for the division. But I do think that at some point, Calgary is going to wake up. Edmonton, I'm not sure. It's a big loss. You know, Evander Kane being out, that's a big loss. Yeah. And that's why you see Connor McDavid. You know, Connor might have to score 70 goals now because Evander's not going to be there for three to four months, maybe longer. Um, it's going to be a very interesting division. Uh, so if I had to handicap at Vegas right now, but I think that Seattle might come back down to earth. Probably a little bit better than 500 hockey, but then you're going to have L.A., Edmonton, and Calgary in the mix as well. So if I had to handicap Seattle right now, they're probably the fifth-best team in that division when we get to late in the season. Uh, and Edmonton, the goaltending. I mean, you know, <laughs> Poor we talked about yeah. Jack. To be in a, and I, listen, I like this guy. You know, I, I, I just – God, I, I hate to – he's so hot on himself. I, his, yeah. his interview, and I get it. You want more out of yourself and all that, but he seems so hot on himself, this guy. He's yeah, a little he's a bit very, of a head case. 
he's he's a very sensitive guy, and that's why Smart. his teammates always love him because he's a great teammate. He cares about his teammates. He's not played well. Yeah. Maybe look, and, and you can't say it's the pressure enough because he played in Toronto, and there's not yeah. any more pressure in playing in Toronto. But then he got the contract, five million dollars a year, and he was going to be the guy. And Mike Smith, love him or not, Mike Smith at some times in seasons got really really hot, and that's the one thing. Right now they're probably hot waiting for the hot um, Mike Smith to come back. Jack, he should stay himself, but. Now, it's not a good defensive team. It's as simple yeah. as that. And now with Vander Kane out, you're going to ask a guy like Pujarvi or Dylan Holloway or Warren Fogle to step up. It's a big loss for Edmonton. So um, I, I don't know. Look, they, Connor McDavid and to a lesser extent Leon Dreisel because he was banged up, he carried that team in the playoffs without question. I still remember one of the best games I've ever seen a player play live. Last season, Game 7, Kings-Oilers, Connor McDavid played 27 minutes. Like a forward doesn't play 27 minutes in a playoff game. That's how uh-huh. great Connor is. Connor might score 70 goals this year. It may not be enough because the defense isn't good. And, the, and Stuart Skinner's the guy right now in net. You really think Stuart Skinner's going to win two or three rounds for this team in the playoffs? It's uh-huh. going to be very, very interesting to see what they do because I don't think they're going to replace. Uh, I don't think, look, people start saying, well, they lost one Kane, so trade for the other Kane. I mean, Patrick Kane. Yeah to come in and replace them. I don't think they're going to make any moves. I don't think they can. Um, it's going to be interesting because Jack's not playing well. They're not a good defensive team. They're going to have to outscore the mistakes, which you can do in the regular season, Knox, but you can't do in the playoffs. No, it ain't happening in the playoffs, that's for sure. All right. Um, you were in Toronto on the weekend. I was. And you happened to uh, see that ceremony at Boy at Salming. Now, yeah. I, I'll just give you a little... Uh, background on sure. my relationship with him. I met him alumni hockey. We played some games out west. Uh, I met him in Toronto a couple times, and I really hit it off him. He's a hell of a nice guy. Yeah. And I played with Matt Snaz on the Swede, so that mm-hmm. connected us right away. And sure. Um, this guy was like a rock star. He dressed like a rock star. Yeah. And you know, we found out last August he had ALS, and now he's at the point where he can't speak. But mm-hmm. he was one of the nicest guys I ever met in hockey one two when i think the toughest one of the yeah everybody always says tough guy you know tough hockey players or guys who fight this guy came into the lion's den when he came over here all right one of yep. the first guys to come over here yep. the abuse verbal physical abuse he had to put up with when he came into this league man that's going into the lion's den and it, this guy to me is what you call hockey player tough and he was and is, and now he's got the biggest battle in his life. Can't speak at this point, but what a moving ceremony. It must have been incredible to be there, Dennis. Yeah, and I remember, you know, I'm, I'm contemporary because I remember Boyer playing, and he was a, just a, he, he was one of the legends. He's, uh, you know, and, and usually the Leafs don't do ceremonies like this, right? They're very corporate, no. and they don't, they don't really no. honor players like this. So to do that, and, you know, obviously on, 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 um, uh, Friday night with with Daryl Sittler raising his hand and Daryl in yeah. in tears and I remember he was a great player he was a he was a man uh, he came over you remember he was one of the guys that that started the Swedish Revolution in the NHL he came over and they told the story about how the the Scott uh, the uh, least scout went over there saw him play one game and said like you know you you need to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs he was a great player who was a hulking presence on the blue line. Um. I love this game. It was I was in tears on Saturday night to, to see, uh-huh. you know, to see him and, and not being able to speak and crying like that. It was just 
it was really upsetting us. It, it's every day's a gift and we yeah. have to live like that. And, and to see boy assuming and, and to see the bravery nuts. Cause if that was me and I was going through that, I, I'm not sure I'd be brave enough to go on the ice and be in public. I, yeah. I think I might want to suffer alone at home or with my family. So to be so public about this, which might help finding a cure for ALS, kudos to Boya. It just, he's a brave man. He was brave on the ice. He was brave to come over and be one of the first guys to come over and take the abuse that you mentioned. But in the moment, last two nights, what a tribute to a man. What a great man. The the one thing about it, it it seems like a goodbye, though. And and I know his condition's gotten worse over the last couple of months. It was just, I was crying. It was just awful to see. Certainly emotional. I was yeah. at home here, and uh, again, uh, we wish him nothing but the best. That's uh, you know, that's, that's hockey culture. So when people yeah. bang on culture and hockey culture is bad, and yeah. it's all, all this crap that you hear. Like you look at this player and you see how he's loved by the fans, and he is. He's not a Canadian. He's a Swede, and, and uh-huh. to see how he's been embraced, not just now when he's ill, but over his career, he's one of the beloved players, and, and that's hockey culture. To see that that yeah. his teammates coming and surrounding him and and how he's been embraced by the fans during these very, very hard times. That's hockey culture. That's why I love this sport. That's why I cover this sport because of, of people like Boya Salmi and, and the fans and the organization that's embraced him in this very difficult time. You're so right, Dennis. That is hockey culture. And uh, what an awesome ceremony. And yeah, hockey yeah. players are the best. Not because I was one. No Just, question. I, you look around and, you know, they do more. Uh, in the community, they they they're just solid. A lot of backbone. That's um, why I cover the sport nuts, and I've covered best. other sports. I've covered baseball. I've covered basketball. It's not close. That that's why I cut. That's why I've been doing this for what twenty twenty five years. That that's why I keep coming back to it because I'm at the age where I could step away. I've done a lot of things in my life and accomplished a lot. I just love these players because it's always. I can you do? Yeah. What do you need? That 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 yeah. with 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 one or two exceptions, yeah. like it's always yeah, no problem. What do you need? Great to talk to you. No problem. Fine, thanks. They go over and above as a group of players. And again, that that's why I cover the sport. Yeah, it's the great. The sport is great when it's on the ice and the sixty minutes of hockey and the Stanley Cup. It's all great. It's the players. They're good people. Yeah. And and that's that's what makes it special to me. Dennis couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, awesome having you again. And we'll we'll do this again next week. It's a date nuts. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks, my friend. So